Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Scott. Hey, Ellie. How are you? Good. Welcome to our podcast, everyone, where we, we talk about things that we love. How's it going? It's going pretty great. I had a nice week. Was there anything in particular that you, you know, loved this week? Well, I mean, I have to tell you, I'm a little envious, Ellie, because you, you, my yesterday was not so great. Oh, come on. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. That happens. You know, that my happens. kids were nightmares oh, dealing boy. with some annoying no, work I stuff. I know. But then I found my salvation, and this is what I wanted <gasps> to talk to you about today, because it, it it sort of doubled my mood in a good way. So it, it flipped your mood. It didn't double—you were in a bad mood. Flipped, flipped my mood. It doubled my happiness, tripled, quadrupled my happiness. Yes! <laughs> I, I got some drive-through. Born to love. Ellie's face, if you can see Ellie's, it's just the instant disappointment and disgust. Oh, Scott. When is the last time? I knew this is why I brought it up. I pulled up, rolled down my window. I ordered a Taco Bell meal number one with a Diet Pepsi. Diet Pepsi, I'm responsible, Ellie. <laughs> For what? Oh, 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 no cows. Oh, yeah. I'm watching my cows. I understand. But Scott, no, no. In my defense, I do think you misinterpreted my look. Because I my I was a it was like so many feelings at once. It, it was contempt. It was not contempt. It was nostalgia <laughs> and judgment. It was just it was judgmental nostalgia because I I, I'm going to let you talk about why you love a drive-thru, but I just want the record to show that I am not against drive throughs and in fact, have a fondness for them and completely can understand why you loved it. Why don't you tell me why you loved it? Uh, well, first of all, one reason I loved it because I thought it would be triggering to you, which I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I lived in New York for many years. When you're in New York, at least I didn't have a car. No drive throughs right? No drive and then when I moved to California, it was this seductive treat yes. that, that, that it's convenient yep. and delicious yep. and cheap. And you don't have to get out of your car. You don't have to get out. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's the easiest thing in the world. You drive right through it. You drive right through it. That's the whole point. Yeah. And, right. and you know what? You get something accomplished while you eat. Namely, yeah. 
driving wherever yeah. you need to go. Oh, wait, Scott, do you eat while you drive? What do you think I do? Pull the car over on the side of the road and eat like some sort of monster? I sometimes do that. <laughs> but most of the time. Yeah. But it's not quite as sad as eating in the actual restaurant. I made the mistake of eating in a McDonald's. This was a while back. This was after COVID. And I was like, I'm going to go in. Because guess what? I'd been doing some drive through during COVID, right? Of course you I did, went yeah. into the restaurant and immediately regretted it. Because yeah. I'm eating the same food. Let's face it. It's not great for you, right? It's not great for you. Right. But, but I'm not getting anything else done. No. Oh, right. <laughs> You're not driving. I'm surrounded by other people eating that, making the same mistake as me. Scott, what is in a number? What number meal did you get? A number one. I got a number one, Taco Bell. What's in that? It was three... Hard shell tacos, they can be regular or supreme. I want to be healthy, so I did regular. I skipped the (laughs) (laughs) tomatoes. I skipped the tomatoes and the sour cream. Man. The face. This is the first time I'm truly disappointed that this is an audio-only format. Because Ellie's face is painting a picture right (laughs) now. (laughs) I I just want to know what time of day it was. What time was it? No, no, no. 9.30 9.30 a.m. No, it wasn't. Scott, you can't have hard shell tacos at night. I mean, listen, no, no, no. This is a complicated, I guess, love for me because I do, un- I would not go through a Taco Bell drive through but I I do, for me, when I think drive through I think getting a milkshake. Mm-hmm. But there is no judgment. Scott, the most important thing is that you woke up on the wrong side of the bed and Taco Bell righted that wrong, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a guilty little pleasure, a special little treat. I once talked to my doctor about, you know, just healthy eating and sure, stuff. And sure. you know what my you won't be shocked by this, but um but I I was. I was like, so what about, you know, what about the drive-thru? <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> and he was like, well, it's an okay occasional thing, but I wouldn't recommend it. <gasps> and I was like, okay, no, that's fair. I'm not, you know, you're not supposed to do it, just only occasionally. Like what what time oh, scale no. is is occasional? What do you think as a healthy person yourself, Ellie, what's a healthy increment of time that should elapse between drive through visits? You're asking a complicated question because if you want me to guess what the doctor said, I'm going to guess that the doctor told you once a month. I'm going to suggest from my own perspective, I think once a week is fine. I wouldn't do it, but I think for other people like you, once a week is fine. <laughs> Chubsers. <laughs> Unhealthy choices, Eckert. Other people like you. <laughs> like yourself. I would say once a week. What did your doctor say? Well, now I want to know. It was You got it right. It was once a month. <laughs> and I, I, I predicted in my head once a week. And I was like, it was going to be... It, when the doctor was like, how often do you go? <laughs> no. Did you and, lie? And I well, I was all prepared to lie to say once a week in the same way that I lie to the dentist about flossing every day when the oh, reality yeah. is I don't floss every day. I fly, no. you know, some days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. But my actual drive through habits, maybe, maybe twice a week. <laughs> no, Scott. <laughs> well, you know what? In the grand scale of things, you don't, you don't smoke. You don't really drink. I'm sorry if that's a secret, but I mean, it's, there are things to brag about. In the scheme of things, that if that's your indulgence, fine, let it happen. I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock you to the core. My pediatrician, not my pediatrician, the pediatrician for my kids, 
It would be pretty great if you went to a pediatrician, if you still went to one. Well, you know how when you go home and you still see your childhood dentist and you do that till you're like 30? I mean, I did that for... Wait a minute. You're still going home to see your childhood dentist? <laughs> yeah, we go out for, we go out for drive-thru. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but listen to this. He advised my six-year-old. He's like, you don't want to be having dessert every night. He said, maybe, you know, on Sunday nights... Dessert once a week? That's crazy. Like, is he out of his mind? <laughs> so I, I didn't, I, I'm not enforcing that. That's insanity. Well, did your kids, uh, no, I don't want to get stuck on dentists, but but my problem <laughs> with, with visiting a dentist with my children is yeah. that they expose the lie. Did your kid immediately be like, we tr- we have we have dessert every day. <laughs> of course. Because right. <laughs> the dentist, my kid's dentist, he was like doing the same thing that every dentist in history has ever done. It's like, yeah, you got to brush twice a day, which we do religiously. <laughs> we and yeah. you got to floss, floss once a day. And he was like, do you guys floss once a day? And I jump in training my kids the way normal people <laughs> should be. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we floss every day. Both my kids immediately like, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's humiliating for you. It's humiliating. You know what's humiliating? I'm realizing now. This is a sort of humiliating start to our podcast because I'm 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 exposing myself as a fast food glutton uh, who never flosses. No, listen to me. We have we have plenty of listeners who love fast food, and I again want to like go on record saying I'm not against drive through. I was actually intrigued by what you're going to say. Not horrified. I do think twice a week at the drive-thru, you should take a look at yourself. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I'm glad it turned your mood around. Right this moment, there's there are probably listeners that are on the treadmill listening to us and are disgusted. They're in the Ellie camp. Yep. Yep. And there are others yep. that are probably driving along enjoying a Taco Bell number one. <laughs> And and I salute I salute all of you. I salute both, and it's not about furthering divisions here. We're about unifying. So let the drive-throughers and the treadmillers come together as one, and help welcome our guest today. I am so excited about this guest, Scott. I'm excited about every guest. <laughs> But particularly this one. She's an old friend and a very funny woman. Her name is Kristen Shaw. And when we come back, we're going to talk to her about what she loves. You guys, welcome back to Born to Love. We are so happy to welcome our supremely talented, lovely, wonderful guest, Kristen Shaw. How are you, Kristen? I'm so good. Thank you. And I'm really excited to be in the company of my two oldest improv buddies. That's exactly right. Kristen Scott and I were all in an improv group called Big Black Car at the People's Improv Theater years and years, months and months ago. Not that long ago. We're all very young. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how we all first met. So anyway, it's great to be back in the studio. <laughs> Thank you. Th- thanks for thanks for joining us here in the studio, Kristen, just like the old days. <laughs> but you're joining us. The reason is not for nostalgia, guys. Yeah. We don't want to hear about we don't want to hear about stuff that happened a long time ago. Let's let's hear about the now. So, Kristen, uh, as you know, this is a show about what people were born to love. And you were born to love magic. Am I right about that? 
Yeah, listen, they made me throw out something. I was, I'm having a week of like nothing. So I said magic. I mean, I could say comedy. I do love comedy. We could talk about comedy. I love it. No, let's talk about magic. This is how much I love comedy though. Just before I will switch to magic. Cause I know I want to hear this. Okay. So this is how much I love comedy. I just discovered Rihanna. She said she pronounces it Rihanna. The singer. The singer, like she's been in my world, right? And I know- Wait, how? This is what I want to talk about. Okay, so like I knew of her, she's around. And then I- She's and then around. She the Super Bowl, she got even more present in my sure. life. But like, <laughs> then I just sort of like went on a deep dive, you know, just yeah. listened to every song, found out how she like auditioned for this guy and then auditioned for Jay-Z and everything she did to get where she was and who she is. And I was like, why am I doing this now? Like she was so big <laughs> in like the 2011, 2013. And yes. it's because all I cared about back then was comedy. I did not care about any music that people were throwing at you. Yeah. Yep. I didn't want to do anything but go to like stand up open mic nights and improv shows every single night of the week, like living and breathing it when I wasn't like waiting tables. In this culture is what I'm saying. <laughs> Kristen, that is so, to me, that is so, well, first of all, I'm surprised you didn't, I mean, you were born to love comedy even before that, probably since you were born. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be literal about it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I started loving comedy more in high school because comedy is weird for little kids. I mean, they don't, they're still figuring out how to like talk and well, I mean, I do think I do think it's weird when like children like try to be funny. Do you know any children like that? Like sometimes my kids like try to be funny. Yeah. And it's weird to me. It doesn't work. It's not very good, right? No. It's it's almost alienating. Well, it's not funny. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's, right. So I'm glad you didn't discover it till later because I <laughs> and I doubt that any funny person. Well, I don't want to make judgments. By the way, my children are very funny, but when they, I, I want to, again, I feel like I just like was hypercritical of them. They're extremely funny. Oh, you think they're listening to your podcast, Ellie? Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> now they can't. They might. Now they can't. I thought I was making something at last they could listen to from my filthy <laughs> career, but no, uh, they can't listen to this either. But you started to love comedy. And by the way, I think that's what we should talk about. I mean, I think we should talk about that. Or we should just turn this into a quiz of things from the aughts and, and 2010s that you just missed. I missed so much. The Sopranos. No idea. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. 
This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When did you start waiting tables in New York? And 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 when did you realize, oh, all I want is comedy and I can't wait to escape? Because I remember the restaurant you were waiting tables at. It was in Times Square. It was Blue something? Yes. Bluefin. Before that, it was Planet Hollywood. Then it was Bluefin. Okay. I learned a lot of jobs, but that one was uh, the one I ended on. Yeah. Which was awesome. Awesome to end it. Awful or awesome? I got to end it there because I won the Andy Kaufman contest and they gave me $5,000. And I walked back across the street. They gave me an oversized check, which I'm so sad I got rid of. But I walked into a bluefin and I held up my $5,000 check and I was like, I'm not coming back. It was great. Oh my gosh. That's, I mean, well, that's pretty iconic. Was it a celebratory moment or was it like an F you kind of moment? No. No, I did it respectfully. I put my time in. It wasn't that, like that. They were all very supportive and great. Also, I'm yeah. curious to know what ha- what did you like even even at however old you were, 24, 27, why did you throw out that check? Like do you remember the moment you thought, "Oh, I I won't keep this?" I would have yeah. definitely had the presence of mind to keep it. No offense. I know. I was in my little studio apartment in New York and it was like stapled up on the wall above my closet and then I was moving in with my boyfriend, Rich. Hello. And it was just that stressful moment. It happens every move where you're just like, well, I'll take it, I'll, I'll leave it, I'll I take know. it, I'll leave it. I'm like, well, I I'll know. just leave it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have left it. What comedy were you taking in at the time? Like, when did this really crystallize for you? Was it, it wasn't until you came to New York or was it in college? It was in high school because I worked at a video store. So I, for free, I could rent the stand-up specials. Mm-hmm. So I would just take home like stacks of VHS stand-up specials and watch yeah. them all. Yeah. Guys, we can talk about magic. I'm sorry. I love <laughs> no, magic. I, I, I love hearing about this. Kristen, because I, I don't, I've never like sat down and talked with you about 
comedy? I don't think so. Have you, Scott? No, I don't think so. No, I mean, we were always like... I think that we were mostly either doing comedy or drinking too much, or at least that's what I was doing. (laughs) Right? Yeah, you were. I mean, again, boys... Those are my boys. Don't listen to, to old mommy's glory days. <laughs> I'm talking about all the wild things we did. We weren't that wild. There was one conversation I had with you, Ellie, where you were, you wanted more. You didn't yeah. get an audition for probably Parks and Rec or you were up for it, but you lost it. It was a dark moment in, in your life. And then you got the office. Yes. <laughs> and then it all, everything worked out. But Kristen, when you said you wanted more, I absolutely thought you meant we were having a conversation with, I was like, I just wanted more alcohol because we were talking about drinking. Oh. And you were like, I remember Ellie, we were sitting and, we were, and you just wanted more. And I was like, oh my gosh, what an ugly portrait. But that's much better to be uh, so ambitious. Oh, you know, you weren't that big of a drinker. No. Yeah, you would always always have like maybe one martini and then you would kind of like go home because it would hurt your dog in the morning. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, no, I well, I always stopped at one martini. <laughs> it was really glamorous when we did the improv together in the 1920s. <laughs> we were wearing our flapper dresses and our pressed hair. All of us, me too. <laughs> Yeah, that was it. But also, this is going to be maybe a sharp right turn, but I wanted to know how you know specifically that it's Rihanna. Because I've always say Rihanna. Rihanna. Rihanna? Okay, thank you for asking. So again, I was, this was, I was stuck in my trailer all Saturday. They didn't get to me for this scene. Oh, this is why I know everything about her. She did an interview with Ellen. She loves Ellen. If you look at her through the years, she'll always accept an interview with Ellen. They're buddies. And at one point, it just comes up where Ellen's like, is it Rihanna or Rihanna? And she's like, it's whatever. I don't care. And then it turns out that it's Rihanna. But because of her accent, the way she pronounces it sounds like Rihanna, but it's Rihanna. She made it really confusing. I think we should just say Rihanna. Yeah, no kidding. And you would think someone as famous as she, it should be pretty clear how to say her name. And but but even in this discussion right now, I'm I'm confused. It's hard to imagine that someone as talented as she is would have to suffer the indignity of billions of people mispronouncing her name. Like that's exactly right, Scott. I think I would take the fame and the billions, but it would annoy me (laughs) on a daily basis. If everyone called you Scoot, you know, I'm not saying that she got a raw deal, but that does seem unfortunate yeah. for her if in fact yeah. we've all been saying <laughs> like like the commercials for the Super Bowl have it wrong. Well that's crazy. Yeah. And she's pulling her hair out and she's like I've been pregnant and I'm doing this astonishing show flying in the air and they can't even get my damn name right. No I feel very sorry for her. I do too. That's why people call her Riri. By the way I don't mean to do this but I did do a whole season of Last Man on Earth like fully pregnant through all the trimesters. I don't want to compare myself to Rihanna, but she did 13 minutes. 13 minutes on a stage where I'm sure she had... She barely moved. Oh, she didn't move, and she so she was probably carted off. I'm proud of her. I'm proud of her. That's, I just canceled myself. I just... <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that's nothing compared... No, we know that about you, Kristen, and we've long applauded you for Thank you. Thank your... You. Uh, stamina and you and you don't like you know flaunt it you're not like showing off you're just it's a fact I just did I I just did because I was imagining myself being friends with her I know I know I wanted to be friends with Rihanna and Rich was like you guys could talk about how you are both pregnant and working and I'm <laughs> 
never going to be friends with her, you guys. You might. Where does she live? To me, people that famous, they just orbit. I know exactly where she lives. (laughs) Oh, where? (laughs) Don't dox her. Don't dox Rihanna. She has a place in New York, like a penthouse on the Lower East Side. She lives on the Lower East Side. Okay. And then she has a place in London so she can be closer to her makeup factory. That makes sense. I guess I love Rihanna. I guess. <laughs> also, I'm I'm jotting down Lower East Side and London on my notes. And I immediately wrote L-E-S, which is how we New Yorkers abbreviate it. And then I wrote London. I, those are my notes so far that Lower East Side and London Riri's uh, compounds. Yeah. I, I, I jotted down makeup factory. So she has a factory that makes makeup in London? Scott. Yes. What is her line? I just know that she has one, but what is it, Kristen? It's called Fenty. Her last name is yeah. Fenty, and it's all she has makeup products for all different skin colors, by the way, which is finally. Ugh. Yes, at last. Yep. It's just nice that it's hers. And then she's made a billion dollars, you guys, from it. She's a billionaire. She's got more money than right. Beyonce, dude. That blew my mind. Oh, I, because Beyonce doesn't have a makeup line. Is that why? That's crazy to think. She decided to do workout clothes, and that was... That cost her the billion-dollar price. (laughs) So I have a question. First of all, how old is she? Timeless. She's timeless. So I think she's like in her early 30s. Yeah, she's in her early... She's got to be 30. I remember I saw photos of her at the Met Gala, and I feel like that was when I first became aware of her, like, ethereal level of fame where she wasn't quite human and she had skyrocketed. I don't know that much about her. I only know that she's uber, uber famous, orbits the earth, sometimes lands in London or the LES. (laughs) But when did she go from just being a pop singer to a billionaire orbiter or whatever you want to call it? Like this next level fame. Do you know? Well, I think it's longevity, first of all. She hasn't put out an album in five years, which is becoming irritating through her fans. Right. I think she had that whole Chris Brown thing that was really a big deal. I mean, I knew about that. I was like, oh, that sucks. And she did this incredible interview where she talked about it in a very raw way that I think was important. Who was the interview with? I think it was with Diane Sawyer. Sure. And she just talked about what it's like to be abused and why she went back. And it's just public airing of a very private thing that I think is important for people who are being abused to hear. Yes. And then after that, she just sort of kept going and she was doing lots of good uh, collaborations with Drake that were becoming really big hits all over the world. And then she just kept doing collaborations with everybody. And she was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then she did a makeup line. And then she also has this thing where she's just like, I'm so like laid back and cool about being myself. And then that really, like, everyone caught on to that. And then she, yeah, so she goes by Riri. Well, I have a question, Kristen. Was there a moment that tipped you? Because very recently you said you became obsessed, and it (laughs) seems like you've proven that. You've really given us a full rundown. (laughs) So what was it, Umbrella? That's my guess. Okay. Yeah, well, Super Bowl, right? She played on the Super Bowl, and I watched it. We all watched it. And she played it, and she operated it, all this. And then I watched, like, the sign language lady was on my feed because she was like doing the sign language and she was so animated and those would come up like she's in my Instagram and I'm like god that Mm -hmm. is fun and then when you watch the sign language lady do it you're like wow those songs are really fun (laughs) and catchy and then I was in South Africa and I had time for the first time to just sit in my trailer and those songs were in my head and I 
didn't bring a book and the TV didn't work. I knew my lines. So I just went on my computer and I was like, let's listen to a Rihanna song, Rihanna. And then that was it. I was like, let's listen to another. Oh, my God. Just videos, her videos, and then just like watching her evolve from early Rihanna to now Rihanna. And then it's just like, it's really fun to watch. And her voice and her attitude and her artistry is all just like beautiful. Stunning. When when she was first introduced to me, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I like her voice. Like Umbrella. I was like, I don't know if I like her voice. Why is she the thing everyone's talking about? Oh, wow. And then I disregarded her and I did my comedy. (laughs) Now, now I'm like, her voice is incredible. There's some deep irony to, to to falling in love with a singer despite her voice and instead because of the sign language translator. <laughs> I love it. But it can happen. I mean, I, I think fandom works and doesn't always follow a straight path. I think you come to admire the people you admire through any variety of ways. And so that seems to be what happened here. Also, you've inspired me to do some re-recon. Oh, you are not going to be disappointed, girl. No, that's it. And so, like, that's what I'm excited to do because there is something so also, to me, reassuring, re-reassuring. <laughs> Guys, I'll look the re-rees all day, all day. As a comedy lover, Kristen, how about that one? Re-reassuring? Yeah, yeah. Do you Does that get a thumbs up? Thumbs up? It get, does get a thumbs up. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can I ask a non-comedy question? So, Ella, you decided to stay in New York City, raise your kids there. That, I've always think about you doing that. No, Kristen, think again. Re-rethink that because, guys, (laughs) because, because, Scott, I mean, Kristen, Scoot, did you hear my joke earlier, by the way, about if every, if Scott was as famous as Rihanna and everyone called him Scoot? (laughs) I had to explain my own callback to Scoot. But anyway, Kristen, it's a conversation my husband and I have probably twice a day about where we are going to live because I want to share something about New York City. It's hard. Okay. And it's also easy and it's extremely expensive. And I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I grew up in a suburb. We all grew up in suburbs, I think, right? I did. Yeah. Did you, Kristen? Well, I grew up on a farm. So anyway, yeah. I, so when you say decided to stay, I wish that I were one of those people who said, yep, this is what we're doing for the next 20 years. But I'm not that person. So I, I don't know. What's one thing that's hard and one thing that's easy? One thing that's easy, I'll start with that, is yeah. just like you go outside and there's 20 playgrounds within spitting distance, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. nice. You can always get a martini in New York City. Any time of day. But what's hard is getting someone to deliver a piece of furniture. There's no car. You can't just haul something away. You know that, guys, as former New Yorkers. And that's not that hard. I mean, that was definitely the thing that I most <laughs> that most regret about living in New York. Is the furniture delivery. Scott, do you remember when you and I drove a U-Haul through the through the sweet streets of Manhattan? Yes, I do. We drove a we drove a U-Haul with all our stuff across one of those bridges and only found out halfway across the bridge that there were no trucks. And then we were terrified. <laughs> but we made it. Kristen, Kristen, you mentioned at the beginning, like, or maybe Scoot did, but oh, this isn't <laughs> gonna be like a walk down memory lane, but it has turned into a little bit of a parade of nostalgia, and I'm not apologizing for it. No, and neither is the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen, we want to be mindful of your time. Just to wrap up. Oh, it's over? I'd say you definitely convinced me that close-up magic is worth your time. I mean, all those sleight of hand, (laughs) pulling the scarves out of your hand, you know, guessing the cards, those mind readers. I don't know how they do it. And I'm similarly as you. I'm just like transfixed and fascinated. And magic is long been an interest of mine. And it's it's great to hear why you love it so much. Yeah. And I think the thing that's so beautiful about magic that you can connect to religion as well is there's a little bit of suspension of belief, right? There's like a faith. Yes. You have to like let your mind believe that it's real. And then it's really fun. I was going to add, I think that's really liberating because you've surrendered your inclination to reason or make sense of it. And it's nice. Someone else is is taking over. Magic, God. Riri. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind, Kristen, won't you stick around with us to play a very quick game that we have called Love It or Loathe It? Do you have just a couple more minutes? I mean, I have all day, guys. All right, great. And we're back. 
We're back with more <laughs> Kristen Shaw. So, Kristen, we have a game that we like to end the show with called Love It or Loathe It. And it's very simple. We're just going to give you a couple things, and you've got to make a hard decision. Do you love it or do you loathe it? There's nothing in between. You can hesitate, but you then have to go hard either way. Mm-hmm. Yes, and if there's any any equivocating, we'll be swiftly derided. Yep. We will we will ruthlessly mock you for equivocating. I know I'm going to be good at I think you're going to ace it. Okay, Kristen, love it or loathe it? Magic the Gathering, which is a card game. Loathe it! Hello, loathe the <laughs> Right answer. What about Magic iBooks? As a magic lover, do you love or loathe Magic iBooks? The ones where you... Where you, like, fun, fuzz, oh, love, love it. Love it. You gotta... They are magical. I love those. How do they work? I'll never know. And that's the whole point, right? I think it's because of the way that they upside down and then it comes through the eye holes. That's it. That, that sounds like science to me. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. Yeah, you're mixing up science with magic and I don't know that I like it. Okay, Kristen, love it or loathe it? Gandalf. Love it. Dumbledore. Love it. Harry Houdini. Love it. And the greatest magician of them all, Rihanna. Love it. Love her, yes. yes. Kristen, you won. Those were all the right answers. <laughs> one of them was wrong, but we won't tell you which. We won't tell you which one. I was at a magic store with my son and a woman, there was a bathtub in the magic store and a woman just came in and sat in it it's like, obviously for display, I don't know what it is, but it has something to do with magic. But she's sitting there asking to be like told to get out of the bathtub. Do you know what I mean? She was an older yeah. woman. It turns yeah. out it was Harry Houdini's bathtub. Oh my God. Did she disappear? I wish, Scott. I wish. <laughs> do you want to go in that tub now? Like yourself? I, I know. I, I, I didn't. And I also thought they should like label that so that more people don't sit in that bathtub. I thought it was interesting that they weren't featuring it. Well, if they didn't label it, how did you know? Did you go and complain to the magic store owner and be like, that old lady sitting in the tub? (laughs) I am that person (laughs) who would do that, but the cashier actually... I'm sure this is not the first time that's happened, but he was like, I don't think she should be sitting in there. And then he told the manager. I think that's why they have it set up like that. So someone goes and sits in it and then has to be told, oh, it's Harry Houdini's, you know. (laughs) The magic store is banking on people getting in the tub. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's all part of their, like, weird marketing plan. Where is this magic store, Ellie? It's on 34th Street, and it's, like, on the third floor. How did they get that bathtub up there in that, in that building? Exactly, exactly right. I mean, a pain in the neck. <laughs> well, actually, it was his bathtub, so they did it with magic. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming, Kristen. It was such a delight. Thank you, Kristen. We loved chatting magic with you. Kristen, we adore you. Thank you for coming on our podcast. Oh, guys, I'll do another one. I'll try to do a better one. You can't top this one, but we would love to have you back. We'll do another one. Okay. Let's do another one and we get to talk more. Just a quick note, this interview was recorded before the SAG strike. So take that for what you will and our solidarity to everyone striking out there for... A better contract. For a better contract. 
Thanks for listening to Born to Love. We'll be back next week with brand new things that we love. We want to hear from you. Leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and tell us what you love. We might even ask one of our guests in an upcoming Love It or Loathe It. Born to Love is hosted and created by Ellie Kemper and Scott Eckert. Our executive producer is Aaron Kaufman. Our producers are Sheena Ozaki and Zoe Dinkla. Born to Love is part of Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network in collaboration with iHeart Podcasts. Special thanks to Han Sani, Rachel Kaplan and Adriana Cassiano, Michael Fails, Alex Coral, and Bahid Frazier. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.